I heard an old story. Thank you for tuning in to the television ministry of Clay's Mill Baptist Church. Join us as we share our passion for soul winning, spiritual growth, and revival in our state and nation. And now, Pastor Jeff Fugit. Well, good evening and welcome to the program tonight. Thank you so much for watching. I look forward to our time with you this evening, and our time always goes by quickly. My wife, Joel, and uh, Jeremy are going to be singing, and then uh, Jeremy will play an instrumental as we go off the air tonight, and I believe you'll enjoy uh, the music uh, this evening. I do appreciate you watching, and you do have time to text or call a friend and let them know Brother Fugit uh, and his family are on television. Uh, this past week, in fact, the last few weeks, uh, I've spent a little more time at home uh, in this month of uh, November, and I certainly have enjoyed it. I haven't traveled as much in the last two weeks, and I'm thankful for uh, always uh, the opportunity to be at home. Typically, I travel, as you know, on Monday and Tuesdays, uh, but being at home, I've enjoyed meeting and talking to so many people that watch the television program. And of course, it's uh, obvious that many, many folks watch the program. We have had over 200 visitors uh, in our church services on Sunday morning. Uh, just in the last uh, three months, and I'm grateful for the many visitors and many uh, new members of our church. I'm thankful for the folks that have been saved, those that have been baptized, and those that have become members here at the Clays Mill Baptist Church. It is a joy to serve the Lord with these good people, and it's been my privilege uh, to serve here at this church now over 31 years, and uh, tomorrow uh, we will celebrate 58 years as a church here at Clays Mill Baptist Church. Dr. Lewis Arnold was the founder of our church and I had the privilege to know him not only as a boy, uh, but as I grew through life and ministry. Uh, Dr. Arnold preached in our church on his 101st birthday uh, back several years ago. What a dear friend that he was. Uh, after he uh, served as a pastor, Brother Eugene Holmes uh, served here for a good number of years and it was under his leadership uh, that the Clays Mill Christian Academy uh, became a reality and we've been involved in Christian education now uh, for more than 41 years. After that, a very good man by the name of Rex McPherson served as a pastor. My, what a preacher Brother McPherson was, and, and uh, what a good pastor. And uh, many folks uh, came to know Christ as Savior during his faithful years. And then uh, for five years, Brother C.M. Carruthers was a pastor. Uh, that was in the late 80s. And then in 1991, I had the privilege to become uh, the pastor here at the Clays Mill Baptist Church. We had that first auditorium there at 3000 Clays Mill Road, and then in 1993, uh, we began construction on a gymnasium. Uh, we dedicated that in September 1995. We had church in that uh, gymnasium for three years, and then we built a new church auditorium. We dedicated that in 1998. We added on to that auditorium, enlarged it on the inside two different times, and the Lord blessed on that property for a good number of years. A couple of years, we had church on Versailles Road, and our college, uh, the Commonwealth Baptist College, is located there, and uh, we had church at the uh, Church of God Campground Auditorium right beside uh, our college there for about two and a half years, 
and then we came to this property and we've been here since September 2019. We've been in this building here that we're in now uh, since those days and we are finishing a brand new building that will be the largest building that we have constructed and we're so excited about that and can't wait to get in that building and I'm projecting a time in February that we'll be able to go into uh, that new building. It will seat 1,500 people and will right at double the size of this building and it will be a very, very nice building, very large and the layout is easy to get in, easy to get out. There's parking all the way around. Uh, the only steps in the building are the ones that are up to the platform and up to the baptistry and choir. Other than that, everything is on one ground level, one floor. Uh, you can take a wheelchair, a power chair, and go anywhere uh, on the property uh, in that building except up to the choir and uh, the baptistry. And so uh, we're looking forward to getting that finished. As I speak, uh, the uh, flooring uh, has been delivered, and uh, that flooring is acclimating to the temperature uh, in the building, and uh, they will start installation of that here in just a few days and uh, I expect that by Christmas all of the flooring will be down in that building and we're very excited about that. I look forward to announcing a grand opening and I would invite you to make plans to come and I'll give you uh, the time and the exact date when that is going to happen. Uh, but I just want to praise God for 58 years of His goodness uh, here at our church. We've seen a great number of folks come to know Christ as Savior. Uh, we've been able to start several ministries uh, that are outreach ministries and ministries that's a blessing and help to our church families uh, for their children to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Of course, our Christian school was started uh, some years ago. Uh, we started 17 years ago, the Circle C Baptist Ranch, and down in Garrig County, we have a beautiful 117-acre ranch down there. Uh, we can sleep 200 people a night there uh, in the cabins and the uh, spaces that we have. Uh, we have a beautiful RV park. We have a large cafeteria, a chapel. We have an outdoor tabernacle. And I look forward to being there next summer as a camp director. Uh, typically, I travel and preach in churches every week, uh, but the summer of 2023, uh, my wife and I will be serving as camp director and we'll be working there with our young people and looking forward to the many teens and young people coming from around the country and this region of the country to enjoy uh, summer camp. And then we started the uh, Commonwealth Baptist College in 1999 and 2000. In early 2000, we moved out to Versailles Road, and we have the property there, 3440 Versailles Road, right across from the Calumet Farm. And currently, we have right at 150 students that are there preparing for a full-time ministry. We now have missionaries that serve in several countries around the world. Uh, we've had the privilege to start more than 50 churches around our state and across the nation. And we have the privilege to run 24 buses on our bus routes and pick up children and bring them to Sunday school and church every single week. Just in the past few weeks, we've had as high as 950 riders on buses and we've been averaging seeing 25 people, 25 young people coming to know Christ as Savior every Sunday. 
I was meeting this past week with our youth director as we're making plans for 2023. We have a growing youth department and uh, we're back at 200 teenagers uh, in all of our church activities and Sunday school classes. And we're making plans for our uh, missions trip uh, to Mexico next August. And they have many, many plans. Our Sunday school is set to grow with brand new classrooms and we're just thankful for all that God's doing. We'll be celebrating all of this tomorrow and just thanking the Lord and praising the Lord for his wonderful goodness. I want to get to the first song and then after this first song I'll bring you the message this evening. In this world I've tried most everything and I'm happy now to say there's nothing like religion in the good old-fashioned way. I'm walking in the old-time way, and I want the world to know that I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old-time Christian with the Christian love to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway, and I'm telling everywhere I go that I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. All my burdens have been lifted since the Savior brought me out. I will tell the world both far and near as I travel here below that I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old-time Christian with the Christian love to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway and I'm telling everywhere I go that I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. That I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. I'm preaching tonight from the book of 1 Kings in chapter 17. I'm preaching a message about the brook that provided water for Elijah during the time of drought and famine. Now, Elijah is uh, one of the most exciting men and prophets of the Old Testament. He was always willing to take a bold stand for truth and right. And Elijah was a man that even stood alone. And we're thankful for the testimony of Elijah and the challenge uh, that Elijah gives to us today to take a stand. And oftentimes in our world, in our culture, we have to stand for right and even alone. And in this passage of scripture, in this story, we find a great truth that will help every single Christian. And I'll give you the title of the message. And then as I go through the message, you'll understand why the title. Here's the title of the message. Don't trust the brook. Don't trust the brook. You say, but preacher, the brook is where Elijah got water uh, to survive during a time of drought. I understand that. Let me read our passage of scripture and I'll give you the message this evening. 
The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse number 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Verse number 6, And the ravens brought him bread, and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Our text passage tells us of the beginning of events in the life of Elijah and his ministry that most likely affected all of his life and ministry from that point forward. First of all, in our passage, Elijah would announce to King Ahab that there would be no rain and not even any dew for a period of time. He said, except by my word. Three and a half years then, Elijah is told by the Lord to go to the brook Cherith and that if he would go to the brook Cherith, that the Lord would provide for him there. Now this lasted for some time. In fact, a good portion of the three and a half years, Elijah lived there in that area, uh, close by the brook at Cherith, that is before uh, the Jordan River. It's quite interesting that the ravens brought Elijah flesh, brought him food, and brought him bread. He drank water from the brook every morning and every evening. Now, I think there are many passages of Scripture that are quite humorous throughout the Scripture. I think, for example, the story where Pharaoh says that he will kill all the baby boys so a deliverer cannot be raised during his time of leadership. And God takes Moses, and you know the story. Uh, his daughter brings Moses home in the, uh, the basket uh, and uh, adopts him. And Pharaoh raises Moses in his own house and on his own knee. I think God has a sense of humor. In this passage of Scripture, I just have to wonder and imagine in my mind, where did these ravens get the flesh and where did the ravens get the bread? Now, I can't prove this and I don't know this, but I'm just wondering, knowing about God and reading of the stories in the Old Testament here, if those ravens didn't go over to where Ahab lived and somewhere around his palace and get the flesh there and get the bread there, it could be that the warm bread that was baked for King Ahab was delivered by those old black birds and brought to Elijah. Nevertheless, we know the story and what the Bible does say, and we know that God provided for him there. But we come to verse 7, and the Bible makes this statement. The Bible says that the brook dried up. 
Now, you can imagine Elijah as he watches the brook and he sees, of course, it at one point in time filled with water. And no doubt as the famine lingered and the drought lingered and the lack of rain lingered, uh, the amount of water that flowed was probably less and less until the day came that it was completely dried uh, because the Bible says, uh, and the brook dried up. Now, I want to give you this statement, and this is the message. I want you to get a hold of this because this is not just a story in the Old Testament. Uh, this kind of thing happens in your life, and it happens in my life. And I believe that this message can be a great encouragement and a great uh, a bit of instruction for us tonight. You see, the brook did not provide for Elijah. The ravens did not provide for Elijah. Well, you say, preacher, uh, we just read there that he drank water uh, from the brook Cherith and he ate uh, flesh and bread uh, that the ravens brought him. We just read that a few minutes ago and you just commented on that. What do you mean uh, that the brook did not to provide for Elijah? Well, it didn't. Here's who provided for Elijah. It was God that provided. It was God that put the water in the brook. It was God that directed the ravens and where to go to get the flesh and where to go to get the bread. It was God that directed them. It was God that took care of Elijah. Now, I want you to listen to me. I'm going to preach at you just a minute. Now, you sit up there and you listen to what I'm about to tell you. If we're not careful, we will transfer our attention. We will transfer our love. We will transfer our trust. We will transfer our faith. We will transfer our appreciation. We will transfer our devotion to the thing or to the place or to the people that meet our needs rather than the God that is behind the thing that meets our needs. Now I want you to listen to me. We sometimes get frustrated at the loss of something in our lives and we don't realize that it was God that took it away because our faith had transferred from Him providing to the thing through which He was using to provide. Yes, he got water from the uh, brook at Cherith, but it was God that put the water in the brook. Yes, it was the ravens that put the flesh beside him and put the bread beside him, uh, but it was God that directed the raven uh, to carry the flesh and to carry the bread. Hey, friend, it was God. And I want to tell you something tonight. It's important that you and I keep our faith and keep our hope and keep our trust in God and not in the things through which God provides and meets our need. I'm preaching tonight. Don't trust the brook. Trust the God of the brook. Don't trust the raven. Trust the God of the raven. Did you know that it is not the idols of the world that Christians often transfer their love and devotion to? But it is sometimes even spiritual or sacred things that we transfer our love and our devotion to. I want to say tonight, it's God that sends the rain. It's God that causes the sun to shine. It's God that puts the moon and the stars in their places. It's God that causes uh, the vegetables to grow and the fruit trees to bear fruit. It's God that causes 
causes the cows to calve and the sheep to give life to the little ones. It's God that provides for us. And I don't know what we're trusting in tonight, but I want to tell you that no matter what God has used, no matter who God has used to help us, to encourage us, to meet our need, oh, dear friend, it is God that blesses through those things to our lives. You see, it is God uh, that we come uh, to church to worship. Now, I love church. I love the place of the church. But it's not the building. It's not even the people, though I love the people of the church. I even love the building. I spend a lot of time in this old building. I spend a lot of time praying here. I spend a lot of, a lot of time up and down these aisles and across the front at this altar and around this pulpit. I spend time. I'm talking about hours of time. I spend in prayer. But it's not the place, not the people of the place. It's the God of the place that blesses and that we put our faith in. It's God himself that we adore today. It's God himself that we praise today. It's God himself that we preach about today. It is God that the Bible is all about. Dear friend, let's be careful that we not transfer our faith to our nation. I love our nation. I do. I love America. But I'm not going to be discouraged or depressed because my nation is not obedient to God. God is still in control. Now, I hurt for my country. I, I, I can't ignore it. My heart breaks for what's happening in our nation tonight. But I want to tell you something. I'm not going to hurt to the place that I stop praising the God who made this world and who gave life and who, who, who made possible uh, this great nation that we live in. One of my favorite stories in the Bible that illustrates what I'm preaching is the story of Jacob. Uh, Jacob has an experience with God at a place called Bethel. Now, I love this place, Bethel. Uh, the name Bethel means the house of God. Jacob was running from his brother Esau. And you know the story, uh, because he had stolen the birthright and all of that. And as he lay down on the hard ground and he went to sleep, uh, God visited Jacob in the night. And he told Jacob that he was with him. And there uh, he met with God. You know, he wrestled with the angel, which I believe uh, was God. And God left him with a hollow thigh. And he left him with a limp that he would never forget the day uh, that he met God. Jacob named that place Bethel. And the, and, the, and the name Bethel means the house of God. Now, while God did meet with Jacob, Jacob uh, didn't yield his life in the coming years as he should have uh, that night. And there were several years of Jacob's life uh, that were not pleasing uh, to the Lord. Then one day, Jacob realized, I need to get back to Bethel. I need to get back to the house of God. I need to get back to that special place. I need to get back to the place where God spoke to my heart. I need to get back to that place where God uh, met with me in a special way. And he gave me this limp 
to remind me of that night that we met. There's an old song that says, back to Bethel, back to Bethel I must go. And Jacob said in Genesis chapter 35 that he has to return to that special place of Bethel. Aren't you glad for the special places in your life? Xenia, Ohio, Bible Baptist Church, West 2nd Street, will always be a sacred place to me. That's the place where I receive Christ as my Savior. At the old low water bridge on this side of Crypton down in southeast Kentucky in Perry County. That's always going to be a special place to me. For that night as I was driving the old church van. And I crossed the low water bridge. And I came to the other side that I pulled over beside the road. And I looked into a star filled sky. And I gave my life to Christ. At the place of marriage. At that altar. That platform. At Bible Baptist Church in Hazard, Kentucky. At the place where Brother Clyde Jones uh, conducted uh, the wedding uh, uh, ceremony for my wife and I uh, some 35 years ago that will always be a sacred and a special place. I've made decisions at altars. I've made decisions at altars there at Bible Baptist Church in Hazard. I've made decisions at the altar at Bible Baptist Church in Xenia, Ohio. I've made decisions for God at the altars here at the Clays Mill Baptist Church. Oh, there have been places and special places as I've walked with Him and God's met with me. And oh, God's answered so many prayers for me. How wonderful it is to go back down memory lane and remember the times that God came to me in a time of need and a time of hunger. And he answered my prayers when Jacob went back to Bethel. And he did. He didn't call the place Bethel anymore. He changed it a bit. And he called it El Bethel. El Bethel. E-L B-E-T-H-E-L. You see, Bethel means the house of God. El Bethel means the God of the house. He said, the first time I went there, the place was special to me. Oh, but when I went back, the God of the place was special to me. And I'm preaching tonight from the book of 1 Kings chapter 17 that Elijah did not trust the brook to the place that he complained against God when the brook dried up. Oh no, he turned his face heavenward. Oh God, what do you want me to do? And he told Elijah to leave the brook that he had worked for him to do. And it wasn't long until he found Obadiah in the way. And he told Obadiah, he said, you tell Ahab, I want to talk to him. And when he met Ahab, Ahab said to Elijah, why, you're the one that's troubling Israel. And I like what Elijah said. He said, no, sir, it's not me. It's not righteousness that brings trouble to a land. It's sin that brings a reproach to a nation. And he looked at Ahab and he said, Ahab, you're the one and your sin is the one that's troubled Israel. But he said, I got news for you. He said, it's about to rain. There was a miracle on Mount Carmel. And then after that, he told Ahab, he said, gird up your loins. In other words, he said, get your britches on tight. He said, hey, the rain is coming. And if you know the story, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. And he told his servant, he said, go out yonder and see if you can see any clouds. He went out there and there were no clouds. 
he went out there and told him again, go check again. It wasn't until the seventh time that he checked. And when he went the seventh time, he came back and he said, Elijah, I see a little bitty cloud. It's about the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, the rain's coming, just as the Lord said. And the rain did come. Elijah never did transfer his faith from the, from the God of heaven to the, uh, uh, to the brook that God had made. He never did transfer his faith from the God of heaven to the ravens that God had made. He had enough sense to recognize it's not the place of God. It's the God of the place. It's not the things of God. It's the God of the things that I keep my faith and my trust in. And I want to preach to you tonight and say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Not the things of God, but the person of God. God is the one that sets up kings. God is the one that takes down kings. God is the one that provides. And I want to say tonight, let's praise him for his love and his goodness and his mercy and his grace. Don't trust the brook. Trust the God of the brook.